You are now listening to the Autoimmune Doc Podcast with Dr. Taylor Crick. Dr. Taylor is an expert in helping those suffering with autoimmune disease, and he himself has autoimmune disease. Autoimmunity is rampant today. The purpose of this podcast is to educate about the underlying causes and natural solutions to halt autoimmune disease progression. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. For more information from Dr. Taylor, visit www.autoimmuneeducationacademy.com. Without further ado, here's your host, Dr. Taylor Crick. All right, welcome to the Autoimmune Doc Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Taylor Crick. I love talking about the mechanisms and explaining the mechanisms behind autoimmunity and chronic disease. So I do that here on the podcast, of course. I love doing that for my patients. I love breaking it down, teaching them. I believe that when you understand the mechanisms, the solutions become obvious. Today's episode is about pathogens and autoimmunity. And I you know, I, I struggled with that word because I wasn't sure if everybody knew what that word meant or would recognize that word or would be, you know, wanting to listen to this episode when they saw that word. But it is an important topic. It's obviously maybe not quite as popular as something like food in the autoimmune world, but it's equally as important. So pathogens, meaning things that are in our bodies that are maybe unwanted or causing damage. So things like bacteria, viruses, fungi can be pathogenic, parasites can be pathogenic, and that's what we're talking about today. Um, again, before I jump too far into it, uh, there's more info that can be found on our website um, or on Instagram as well um, at autoimmune doc. So follow me on, on Instagram at autoimmune doc. And depending on when you're listening to this, I'll probably release it immediately. But I'm starting a YouTube channel. I have another YouTube channel um, through my clinic that talks about you know a lot of big picture stuff. Some of the videos are a little bit longer, but they're they're good. But we send them to a lot of our patients. Um, but I'm starting a new YouTube, just reviewing studies. Yeah, I'm trying to keep the videos under ten minutes and just reviewing studies. I have thousands of studies, great studies on my computer about autoimmunity and related you know topics health wise. Um, so starting that up soon. So Instagram, and then the website is www.autoimmuneeducationacademy.com. And then, as you know, I always do a call for ratings and reviews, ratings and reviews, ratings and reviews, and shares. Maybe you know, all of that is very valuable to to us as a podcast to me, but it's also very valuable, I believe to whoever you're sharing it with, or even just to people that you don't even know, because it helps our podcast become more discoverable. Each week uh, since the podcast has been started, which is pretty recent, it's continued to grow and grow and grow. Um, and a lot of that is thanks to you guys. So you know we really appreciate it. Um, but especially reviews are, are really helpful. Again, five-star ratings, um, especially five-star. If they're less than that, Maybe send me like a private message or something. But um, so pathogens. So most all autoimmune diseases have at least one pathogen associated with their onset. Um, so if you have an autoimmune condition, there's a pathogen associated with it. Does that mean that the pathogen caused your condition? Absolutely not. Does that mean that you for sure have that pathogen present? Absolutely not, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot of correlation. Now, with that, you know, there's over 100 known autoimmune diseases. So, not every single autoimmune disease, but something like Asia, which is 
Auto-inflammatory syndrome induced by adjuvants. You know, that one's induced by adjuvants like hip replacements or vaccine adjuvants or things like that that, that cause autoimmunity. Um, that one doesn't have a pathogen associated with it. But MS, RA, Hashimoto's, uh, Graves, lupus, celiac, um, IBD, you know, Crohn's ulcerative colitis, all of these, uh, loop, uh, Sjogren's, you know, all of these most common, most frequent autoimmune diseases have at least one pathogen associated with either their onset or progression or, uh, you know, things like that. Now, again, causation doesn't mean correlation. So the number one thing that I hope that everybody takes away from today's episode isn't that we like catch these diseases uh, and, and catch these pathogens in the kind of way, the traditional way. So the number one thing that I would like for you to take away is to just kind of change your thinking about pathogen burden. Um, and that's what I mean when it's hard to tell causation versus correlation. We have tons and tons of pathogens in our body. So if we have roughly, let's say, 35 trillion cells in our bodies, I've heard that if you take the number of cells and you add a zero to that, you're going to get the number of bacteria that we have in our body. And if you add a zero to that, you're going to get the number of viruses. And just that just goes to show that the numbers are astronomical. Our human virome, um, our human mycome, our microbiome, we've got tons and tons and tons of bugs living on us. And some can be pathogenic, some can become pathogenic, and some can be latent but pathogenic. So there's all kinds of uh, nuances here for immunology. So even if you get a lab test that shows, oh, I have Epstein-Barr virus, Epstein-Barr virus causes MS. Well, it's not quite that simple, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot to this. Um, it's obviously important too because pathogens change the immune system, right? So if you get a pathogen, you get an infection. Let's say it's COVID. You know, COVID is is very, very prominent in this conversation because COVID, wild COVID, causes a lot of autoimmune conditions. In fact, COVID has been dubbed the autoimmune virus. Um, and I think that's a lot of because it's so new and novel and things, but it's certainly, let's say you catch an infection, everybody understands how that works. But your immune system shifts. So sometimes that immune system could shift in the right direction and help your symptoms. Sometimes your immune system could shift in the wrong direction and the bottom could fall out on your symptoms. So of course, pathogens have an immediate impact, even compared to food or toxins, have an immediate impact on the immune system and can drastically shift it one way or the other. So it's really, really important to understand that concept. The last thing I want to say about that with you know infection, um, we've got a ton of bacteria, we've got a ton of viruses. Another thing that I've heard is 390, 380 400 trillion viruses in our body. So that's one that I've cited many times in the last couple of years and just said, hey, you know, there's one that's really, really popular. They're all really, really important. So again, just to show the magnitude. But the other concept that I think makes a lot of sense um, in breaking down this, this you know, mechanism and concept is comes from my mentor, Sam Yannick, Dr. Sam Yannick. Um, and he says, pathogen burden, so we all have a certain amount of pathogen burden, meaning that a certain amount of this bacteria and viral activity is completely normal. And in fact, 
wiping it all out would be absolutely horrible. He equates it to the crime rate of a city. So if the crime rate of, of New York City begins to go up, the answer isn't to drop an atom bomb and wipe out everything. You don't want it to be completely sterile, but you don't want it to get out of control. So the same thing is true with this background viral load that we carry with this background pathogen burden that we all have. And what can happen is sometimes because of, you know, again, one pathogen that gets in and replicates, sometimes because of a a burden of these things, what happens is the immune system can shift. And as the immune system shift shifts, it can allow some of these pathogens to replicate and be called what's what's called a silent infection. So this isn't, I caught an infection, but a lot of times these are things that most people in the world harbor and they're silent, but the whole time they're causing an immune response and that immune response can lead to autoimmunity. So the infection or the pathogen isn't causing you any symptoms. It's not like when you get a flu and you feel like you got hit by a bus for a weekend, you're having no symptoms from the virus or the pathogen, but it's making your autoimmunity worse and you're having autoimmune symptoms like joint pain or fatigue or brain fog or you know whatever the case may be. So that's really important. So let me talk about even one. I'm going to do a special focus on this you know, later because this one is really important. But let's say like Epstein-Barr virus. Epstein-Barr virus causes mono. So and 90% of adults worldwide carry Epstein-Barr. So it's like, oh, do I have it? Have I caught it? Yeah, you, you likely have it. But in most people, it lies dormant. Now, during certain times of stress or immune suppression or whatever the case may be, uh, the defenses can come down. So again, like, the, like a city, the defenses come down and that virus begins to replicate. And when that virus begins to replicate, you often don't notice it, but it can cause problems. In, in the background, your viral burden is continuing. So what are some of the things that, that we have? And so, again, let me actually just finish that, I guess, that as your viral burden is just growing, you don't feel like you got mono, you don't feel like you got hit by the bus necessarily, but you have this silent infection that's growing. And sometimes you can feel like that. Um, or some of these other infections, again, they're silent, they cause some symptoms, but you don't often notice them and they can exacerbate um, your autoimmunity. So, again, what are the pathogens that we're referring to. And in a moment too, I'm going to read uh, something really important. It's 10 principles that summarize pathogens and autoimmunity. But so what are those pathogens? So they're viruses, they're bacteria, they're parasites, they're spirochetes like Borrelia uh, and Lyme disease um, or bacteria that's transmitted um, or even H. pylori is a spirochete bacteria. Um, or molds, fungi. So those are the pathogens. So some of them, not all inclusive by any means, but some of them include things like uh, all members of the herpes family, a human papillomavirus, uh, HHV1, human herpes virus 1, human herpes virus 2, herpes simplex virus 1 and 2 rather. Um, HHV6 is a big one with autoimmunity, cytomegalovirus, Varicella var, uh, uh, zoster, uh, chickenpox, um, Epstein-Barr virus, hepatitis C virus, 
Uh, in the bacteria world, we have things like chlamydia, H. pylori. We have things like candida from the yeast or fungal world, which again is a normal part of a human oral vaginal digestive microbiome. It's not abnormal to have candida, but it can become pathogenic if it overgrows, um, and that can become a problem. Uh, we got things like Mycobacterium avium, Yersinia, which is uh, can cause um, GI problems, like, but also Graves' disease. Again, we have Borrelia, which is Lyme. We have uh, oral, oral pathogens like Porphyromonas. And we have things like Clostridium botulinum, like botulism. Um, and again, I just wrote down a list. This was just off the top of my head. What I'm going to do in the next episode um, is not... Uh, or is go through some of the action steps, some of what are we looking for? What can we do about it? How important is it to know, you know, which pathogens we have? Because again, if the crime rate goes up, it's important to know, you know, what, what crimes those are. Are they murders? Are they rapes? Are they burglaries? But we don't need to know each individual person. We just need to get that crime rate down from a big picture uh, standpoint. So those are some of them. Um, and then there's a lot of mechanisms by which this happens. So I'm not going to talk about that too much today either, but there's things like epitope spreading. So some of that, that means that like your, um, as, as something damages tissue, like let's say an infection gets into your throat or your sinuses or something, and as it's damaging tissue, more tissue can continue to get damaged. So it can kind of fuel an autoimmune fire. There's bystander activation and cryptic antigens. And a lot of these are the mechanisms by which pathogens can induce autoimmunity. But again, I'm not going into the mechanisms so much. Just know that there are a lot of pathogens that are associated with a lot of different things. And sometimes it's important to know what it is. Is it virus? Is it bacteria? Which category is it? But it's not always important to know exactly which species it is, but you know, sometimes it is. So there's a ton, a ton, a ton of translation to this and gray area to this. So let me read a couple things. This is from a famous paper from 2009 about infections and autoimmunity. And the name of the paper is Infections and Autoimmunity, Friends or Foes? Because in some cases, infections can actually help autoimmunity. So pathogens and infections we use interchangeably. So uh, this says, quote, autoimmunity can be triggered by many environmental factors, among which infectious agents are pivotal. Here, we summarize current knowledge of the relationship between infection and autoimmunity. And autoimmune disease can be induced or triggered by infectious agents, which can also determine its clinical manifestations. Most infectious agents, such as viruses, bacteria, and parasites, can induce autoimmunity via different mechanisms. In many cases, it is not a single infection, but rather the burden of infections from childhood that is responsible for the induction of autoimmunity. That is the most important thing right there. So end quote right there uh, from, from that paper. But I'm going to read that one again. In many cases, it is not a single infection, but rather the burden of infections from childhood that is responsible for the induction of autoimmunity. So it's not, I caught a flu one weekend and now I have rheumatoid arthritis. Even if it kind of happened that way, 
you, you know, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Your infections from childhood, your C-section birth, your antibiotic use, your gluten intake, all of these things have set you up for this. Your genetics have set you up for this. But sometimes an infection can come in and rock the boat. So can pregnancy because pregnancy, again, like your immune system changes very, very rapidly. So that can rock the boat. So 10 principles that summarize the relationship between infections and autoimmunity. One, infections can cause autoimmune diseases. Okay. Two, different infectious agents, viruses, bacteria, fungus, and parasites can trigger autoimmunity. Okay. Three, an infection can trigger an individual with an underlying immune dysregulation to express an overt autoimmune disease. Um, Four, infectious agents can determine the presence of disease-specific autoantibodies and clinical manifestations, meaning that infectious agents can trigger self-tissue antibodies, meaning one infection might trigger antibodies against the thyroid, while another infection might trigger antibodies against, you know, the myelin. Um, Four, five, in many cases, it is not a single infection, but rather the burden of infections during life that is responsible for induction of autoimmunity. So same, almost the same quote that I just read. Um, Six, Infections during childhood can be implicated in the development of autoimmune diseases in adulthood. So that's heavy. Uh, You know, a kid gets strep 10 times as a child, they're more likely to develop something like pandas. If you got influenza often as a child, it's going to change things. If you got sinus infections often, etc. If you got traveler's diarrhea while you were in, you know, Mexico on a mission trip as a child, it could impact your autoimmunity in adulthood. Big, that one's big. Because um, you can't go back in time also, right? Uh, number seven, infections can protect individuals from some autoimmune diseases. Wow, um, that one is heavy. So they found that certain things like even parasites and helminths can actually turn off autoimmunity in some cases. Wow. Uh, eight. The same infectious agent can induce one specific autoimmune disease and protect from another autoimmune disease. So again, that's heavy, but if it turns the immune system during certain things, that may turn down one autoimmune condition while it turns up another type of autoimmune condition, depending on, you know, where and all these other, you know, multitude of factors. Nine, molecular mimicry epitope spreading, bystander activation, and polyclonal activation can induce autoimmunity after infections via innate and adaptive immune responses. So that one's getting a little more heavy into the mechanisms of how this can happen. But what they're saying is that there's multiple different mechanisms by which this can happen. And number 10, genetic susceptibility might explain why only a subgroup of individuals will develop autoimmunity after infections. So again, I think that that summarizes this whole topic of infections or pathogens and autoimmunity. Um, the, the takeaway again is that it's not one infection. It's not 
COVID. It's not influenza. Um, it's a it's the burden of infections going all the way back to childhood that can make an impact on autoimmunity. Uh, of course, the next question to ask is what can you do about it? So in the next episode, that's what I'm going to go through is, you know, what, what labs can you do? How are pathogens affecting you? How to know uh, if they're affecting you in a negative way or a positive way or what we can see on labs? Do you have active active replication? Do you have, you know, chronic silent infection? Um, and again, I talked about that silent infection, but things like H. pylori can can is silent and could only be found on a GI panel often and can exacerbate Hashimoto. So there's all kinds of connections like that um, that you know you just don't know about. So there's different things that need to be addressed depending on which condition you have. Um, or if you find an infection like H. pylori, you need to eradicate it for those reasons uh, as well. So we're going to go through that next time. So again, the main concepts today, I just want to repeat one more time, is that the pathogen burden, whether we're talking about the viral burden, the bacterial burden, just the infectious burden total is building and developing from childhood. And that infectious burden is like the crime rate of a city. We don't expect it to be zero, but when it gets out of control is when we've got issues and we need to bring in extra defenses to help kill that off, whether that be from a pharmaceutical or from a natural standpoint. We may need antivirals. We may need antibiotics. We may need to boost the immune system in certain ways um, using certain herbs and nutrients and minerals and vitamins and things like that. But we don't expect it to be zero, and it's not like, oh, I caught that one bug, and now I've got all these problems. Again, you've got hundreds of trillions of these bugs, viruses, bacteria, parasites, etc., in and around and on your body. And so it's not quite so simple as like, hey, I got this flu, and now I have RA. So anyway, I think that sums it up. Uh, next week, we'll go through some labs. We'll go through some things that you can look at, some things that you can do, and some more mechanisms. Really important topic, though, um, for anybody with autoimmune disease because, again, food gets a lot of, a lot of press. Toxicity is probably second. Um, I think that pathogens are, are third in the famous line um, but are probably equally as important in the causation uh, priority. So I also, you know, I tried recording this episode last night, and it, it, it kind of like crapped out halfway through. I was really ticked. Um, but I said in that I need to stop predicting or, or telling, you know, which episodes are coming up next because this was just out of my mind and I wanted to get this out there. I was planning on doing a couple more about gut health. Um, the next one will be about this because I've already got it outlined and stuff, but I, I, I'm planning on just jumping around a little bit, getting into still some interviews, trying to do some scheduling. Um, and I, of course, I'll keep talking about certain things with gut health and starting with some case studies, but I'm also starting that YouTube channel. So check Instagram, check the YouTube channel, get on our email list, uh, things like that. Talk to you guys next time. Mm-hmm.